It's Thursday, and this is the April 21st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Big night in the NBA with three games to discuss. So sit back and relax and let us get you set for the NBA postseason. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Three big games in the NBA tonight. So let's go in chronological order. Game number one tips at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Memphis. Evens up the series after game two. They transition to Minnesota. The Grizz will be laying one and a half with a total of 236 against the T-Wolves tonight. How do you see it? Playing the under 236 and a half. Anyone who knows me or has watched Daily Wager all season knows there is kind of a uh, strategy I use when Assessing Minnesota totals when they're on the road, play it over. When they're at home, play it under because Minnesota has predictably a bottom five defense on the road. We didn't expect them to be a very good defensive team, but at home, somehow, some way, they turn into basically the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Boston Celtics, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Golden State Warriors. They're a top five defense in the NBA at home. That's why unders wasn't an overwhelming uh, rate, but 22 and 20 to the under at home as opposed to 31 and 12 to the over on the road. I do think these teams are going to, and Memphis plays good defense as well. I do think it's going to be a tight uh, with the game or the series locked up at one apiece. Pardon me. I do think it's going to be a tight uh, game in terms of possessions being valued and a little more methodical, despite the pace that these two teams like to play at. So I'm expecting an under game. And I'll throw some props at you in a little bit after I hear what you have to say about that. Go ahead. Rip through them, son. John Morant under 29 and a half points. Pat Beverly treatment now in Minnesota in a game I expect to go under. I think 29 and a half is a little too high for Morant. He went over this in game one, went under it in game two. But in game one, he attempted 20 free throws. I think that's an outlier in terms of freebies. He knocked down 16. So he got 16 bonus points at the line. I think that's a little bit of an outlier. He won't get here in Minnesota. So I'm going under with Jaws. He's guarded by Pat Bev. And then Ant Edwards. Um, I'm going to play him over three and a half made three-point field goals at plus 115. He's made four three-pointers in every playoff and play-in game. So that's three games where he's made at least four, and he's averaging 11 attempts per game in those uh, contests. So he's at least giving himself an opportunity with all the attempts. Handsome card right there for game number one. I'm going to play the under as well. Looking at Memphis, when they go out on the road, they're a top-10 defense But what this comes down to is the total's too high. 236 is a massive number for a seven-game series where teams are starting to figure each other out. Lots of scoring in game one. Memphis makes the adjustment in game two. They get Steven Adams out of the lineup. You see a big dip in scoring, and that's going to continue. Look at the pace drop. Game one, it was 105.4. Game two, it drops to 100.2. 236 is too high for the total in this matchup. I'm also going to lay the one and a half with Memphis. I think they figured it out. They came in with a great regular season, had some nerves in game one. Jaron Jackson Jr. gets himself into foul trouble. Steven Adams wasn't right in the lineup. They end up losing that game. They make the necessary adjustments, and they lay the wood to Minnesota. 
now ranking number three in the NBA in road victories this season. I see them getting it done on the road tonight. I'd also look to an updated series price here. You can play Memphis at minus one and a half games. It's plus 125, meaning split the series in Minnesota, which is worst case in my opinion. I think they can win both and then take it in game five and win the series four to one. But if they split in Minnesota, it's 2-2. Come home and win game five. Steal game six on the road. Plus money right now at DraftKings. So keep that one in mind. Game number two, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Let me confirm that because my handwriting is straight trash right now. Yep, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern. Utah laying seven. Total of 210.5 against Dallas. This one's a little bit dicier because you've got to worry about Luka Doncic, who has been upgraded to questionable for tonight's game. Doesn't mean we're going to see him, but he is questionable as of the time of this recording. So what are you going to do here? Mavs plus seven, under 210 and a half. I'm just going to keep right. playing the under in this series, uh, no matter where the venue is, because they're playing it at a glacial 89.8 pace uh, metric. So there's just not a lot of possessions when these two teams play. We know Dallas is a great defense and it travels. We know the Jazz are supposed to be a good defense. I imagine it's a little bit better when they are at home. But in a game that I expect to go under and maybe barely feature 200 points, seven is way too much to lay, especially on a Jazz team that I just do not trust. They very well could be down 2-0 in this series, if not for Donnie Boy Mitchell going off for 30 points in the second half of game one. So, again, I think the Mavs can win this series without Luka Doncic playing one single minute. That's how little I trust the Utah Jazz, and that's how much respect I have for what Jason Kidd and this Dallas Mavericks team does night in and night out because they come to play. So I like the Mavericks plus the points. I'm going to play under in every game no matter what it's at and just ride that. As far as player props, let me, like, let me let me throw one thing at you. Right now, the Mavs the Mavs are plus two hundred to win the series. Bye, bye, do, do bye, you, you like bye, that wager? Bye, bye, bye. Hey, that's all I needed to hear. Right there, that's a selling point. So you're all over that, even without <laughs> yeah. Luka. Yeah, I, I, the I think they can win this series without Luka Doncic appearing for a single minute. I think they absolutely right. can. I do not think they need Luka to win this series. Now that obviously helps if he comes back. So buy now, because guess what? You're not going to get if Luka Doncic appears for a minute in the series. A Plus series price. Exactly. <laughs> so I am buying right now. All right. Very nice. I cut you off, though. You had some player props you liked as well. Mike Conley under 13 and a half points. He had zero in game two. He had 13 in game one. So that's an average of six and a half uh, points per game. Although he is returning home where he's likely a little more comfortable. Conley uh, just he's not been efficient. Six of 19 from the field in this series. That's 31 percent. Guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, and Jordan Clarkson have emerged as much more reliable and efficient scorers. So I think the offense is going to be built around them and their contributions and their usage rather than the aging Mike Conley. I do think this is kind of a square bet, but I'll buy it. Rudy Gobert over 15 and a half rebounds. He's had 17 in each game, and he's playing 36 minutes per game in this series. So I don't love it because it's such a high number, but it is Rudy Gobert, the, probably the uh, best rebounder in the NBA. And I'm going to go to Spencer Dinwiddie over his point prop. I haven't seen it posted yet, but as we know, Jalen Brunson's been the big star in this series. And Brunson went for 40-plus in game two. So I think people are going to flock to Brunson's over. And I think we're going to get a reduced price and better value on Spencer Dinwiddie's over. And I see, obviously, some negative regression coming for um, Jalen Brunson. I think some of those – he's not going to shoot 25, 26 times, I don't think. Maybe that'll happen again, but I think a few of those shots will go Dinwiddie's way. And over the course of the entire season, it was Dinwiddie, not Brunson, who averaged more points per minute and had a higher usage rate than Jalen Brunson when Luka Doncic was off the floor. So I'll trust that much larger sample size than what we've seen from Brunson, which has been great, 
but I think you're just going to have to pay a premium on Brunson based off what we saw in game two, and you'll get a little bit of a discount on Dinwiddie uh, off of uh, what we've seen from game one and two where Brunson's been kind of the engine. All right, nice card there as well. Least amount of action of the three games tonight for me is this one. I agree with you on the under. The caveats I would add, I'm not going to play it right now at 210 and a half because one of two things is going to happen. One, Luke is going to be ruled out, and then it's probably still going to be 210 and a half, maybe a slight dip by a point, or Luke is going to play, and then it's going to go up. And once it goes up, then I'll go ahead and play the under as well because either situation is going to have me backing an under. I'm looking at the pace here, much like we just talked about in Memphis, Minnesota, dropping from game one to game two. Same thing happened here. And in game two, which went over by about a small handful of points, 214 total were scored. Uh, Dallas shot 22 of 47 from deep. That's 48%. I would I would predict a little regression there, especially shooting on the road. Uh, so I'm just going to wait to see what happens with Luca, and I'll play the under after. If it's still 210.5, boom, I'm on. But if he plays, it is going to go up, in my opinion, and then we'll just get a better price. Because even with him in the lineup, I still think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. All right, moving to Game 3, Golden State Warriors commanding 2-0 series lead over the Denver Nuggets. This game is at 10 p.m. Eastern. Dubs are laying two, total of 223 at Denver. Do the Nuggets get right tonight? What are you thinking? Doesn't this seem comically uh, tight the side based on what we've seen in games one and two? Like, what are the books doing here? I thought this would be a the, the Warriors would be four or five point favorites based on what we've seen. Like, I, I feel like I'm trying to be suckered by the bets, but I'll go ahead and take a look at the lollipop. I'll lay two with the Warriors. I'll play their team total over one twelve and a half as well. Um, it, maybe I'm maybe I'm being foolish here, but it seems like the Warriors are only getting stronger and better each and every game as Steph's minutes go up, as he gets back into the starting rotation, as guys like Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, etc., get playoff experience, as Clay Thompson continues to ball, as Draymond Green gets his feet under him and continues to play great defense. Like I, I just don't see how the Nuggets can hang with this Warriors team because we haven't even seen anything close to the ceiling yet of this Warriors team, and they've absolutely manhandled the Nuggets. I know those games were in San Francisco, but I don't see much changing unless Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are somehow, some way going to become available and at 100%. So I'll lay with the Warriors. I'll play their team total over 112 and a half. A couple of player props, though, that are unders. Jordan Poole under 22 and a half. I know he has been the talk of Golden State with his performances in game one and game two, but I think his minutes and his usage and his shot opportunities are going to start to dwindle as Steph Curry's increase going forward in this postseason. And take a look at the shooting splits Poole gave us in games one and two. 65% from the field, 59% from downtown, and 92% from the charity stripe. That's phenomenal, but we're due for some regression there, especially with the uh, games now being played in Denver. So uh, I like him under 22 and a half, even though some people are probably scared of that given his performance as of late. I also like Nikola Jokic under 29 and a half. He has yet to eclipse anything close to that uh, in this series, averaging just 25 and a half points per game while shooting 46.7%. And you can attribute the defense of Draymond Green to that. This is a guy who usually shoots near 60% from the floor. So I think this is something that is replicable game after game because Draymond is that dude defensively. And another maybe situational thing that might help the under for Jokic uh, 29 and a half points is that with the series moving to Denver, the role players should have 
a quote unquote easier or better or more efficient time scoring. Usually the role players are more comfortable scoring when they're in their home gym. And we know Jokic is a capable passer. And if he's not being efficient scoring, he will gladly try and find the Will Bartons, the Aaron Gordons, the Monty Morrises, and et cetera, who may have their efficiency increased by a, a tick or two when they're at home. So I can see Jokic turning into more of a playmaker and uh, less of a scorer uh, as the games move to uh, Denver because Draymond's defense has been so good. And you could maybe expect a little bit of an uptick from his teammates. I don't fault you on the Jordan pool prop at all. It's the same reason I bet against Kyrie Irving last night. And we know how that worked out. Like you can't maintain that level of shooting for that long. Like at some point, the math is going to catch up to you. Maybe it doesn't happen tonight. You're wrong, but it's going to happen at some point. There's a good shot. It happens on the road tonight, especially with Steph seeing an increased role. All right, let's start with the side. I'll lay the two with the Warriors. I don't have the exact stats in front of me right now, but I'm going to have the graphic for daily wager. When Draymond Green is the primary defender on Nikola Jokic in the series, his numbers plummet. His field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, his scoring, everything around him. He is a mess. Draymond has been an absolute pit bull on him this series. That's going to happen again tonight. The only thing that worries me is that somehow, some way, the officials decide to get cute. And the league maybe wants to stretch this series out a little bit. So Draymond finds himself in foul trouble early because he's hounding the reigning MVP. That's the only concern I have. So Warriors minus two is the play on the side. Play number two is a prop. It's Draymond Green over seven and a half assists. It's only minus 105. I can't believe it's seven and a half. And I can't believe it's minus 105. Now Draymond went out in game one and had nine assists. So in game two, the bookmakers bumped the prop up to nine and a half for the over-under. He posts six assists. So now they readjust it south to seven and a half by two assists. Think about that. They moved it from nine and a half to seven and a half because he only had six in game two. He only played 29 minutes. That's what people have to keep in mind. He's putting these numbers up. He covered this number once. He got really close the second time. But he's not even playing 30 minutes a game because it's two blowouts. This is a road game. This is a tighter spread. This is Denver's last shot to try to make it a series. I think ultimately it's a tighter game and Draymond has to play more. More playing means more opportunities for assists. So I'm going over seven and a half. And then there's two series bets I would make right now for anyone looking to get ahead of the market. Golden State in a sweep is two to one. It's plus 200. Golden State in five is plus 150. If you put 100 on each of those or put the same amount on each, you're guaranteed a profit if one of them hits. And I think there's a very good chance Golden State could sweep Denver out of the series. But even if they don't, I think they steal at least one in Denver and they go back to Golden State and they win game five there, which would mean you'd cash the plus 150. So you'd lose 100 bucks on the sweep bet, but you'd win 150 on the five games bet and you'd be up 50 bucks. So all you have to do is avoid six or seven games. Then you'd end up losing both bets. But I don't see that happening. For those who do see it happening, obviously steer clear away of all the analysis <laughs> you just heard over the last 55 seconds. And that's a wrap for today. 10 plus minutes of the bets you needed as promised. Daily Wager returns on ESPN2, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be breaking all of these games down with the entire crew. We've got draft props and a little bit of baseball for you as well. But until then, he's Tyler Foljam. I'm Joe Fordenball. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 